Hello, and welcome to the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast with Just Laurent. It is late Friday, December 16th. 16th. It is the eve of the weekend before the World Cup Final. In this episode, we will cover France versus Argentina, Argentina versus France, um, Messi versus Mbappe, Legacy versus Legacy, and what this means for football. And we'll cover the third place game and uh, sort of really tee up what's coming next because we get right back into football right afterwards. So where are we? We talked about the semifinals that were great. Argentina getting through, basically unscathed versus Croatia. France getting through versus Morocco. Very heroic, very great team. I think that this World Cup will be remembered as the Morocco World Cup. They still are the strongest, best team available. And, uh, you know, we can get in there. Um, if anybody wants to join in the What's Up chat, there's the link. You feel free to join. I can add you or remove you if you want to be in it. You don't have to be. So we're here, and I think we have to just go directly to the Argentina game um, and, and where we are. So not to sort of go on to the Grant Wall thing, but that illness and that sort of sickness he had was an actual thing. There is a narrative going around or a real thing, depending on how you view it, around the idea of there being illness and it has swept through the the France camp. So we know that Rabio missed a game. Now we have Umbacamo also out of the game. So on the French side, there is a lot of illness. I believe that um Deschamps has tried to keep the team shielded from that, but Varane may be out. So that's a big deal for France. But if there is a team in this tournament that can handle it, the depth of um, the depth of France, especially in center back, is unparalleled among any teams. I think if we really want to break things down and can go spot by spot, there's no doubt that France France is the better team than Argentina, and you know they'll have Mbappe. They've shown resilience in the face of. They've shown resilience in the face of lots of different things coming their way. They've had to deal with Morocco, who were a tough team. They've had to deal with England and all that means with the Premier League and the press and all that. And they've handled it well. They had been giving up goals, but they're very much in a bend but don't break mentality. And I think that this has been a tournament for Deschamps to be vindicated. I think a lot of times um, for France especially in the Euros after losing, especially the way they lost to Switzerland in the Euros. I think this is a a vindicating performance where he is rewarded for his undying loyalty to Anton Griezmann, who stepped into the Pogba role, stepped into the Conte role, uh, has been leading the midfield from the front and the back. He's basically a box-to-box number 10. Uh, Griezmann is infatigable. I think we're finding that sometimes those... Atletico Simeone players, when they get out from under Simeone's leash, they and are allowed to play. You're seeing it with DePaul and Griezmann. They're very capable players 
who are very fit and know where to be and what to do. So the player of the tournament for France, all the headlines go to Mbappe. He's a gravity player, but Griezmann has taken advantage of all that gravity. Griezmann has, when the space and team shifted to Mbappe, he's been the one to find the gaps and find the spaces and find the leanings within teams' defenses so that he can pick up the ball in attacking spaces and make all the crosses and all the passes. Griezmann, I believe, has created the most chances in this World Cup. He is the creative fulcrum that's getting the ball to Mbappe in dangerous places, getting the ball to Teo Hernandez, getting the ball onto Giroud's head. So he is the one pulling the strings. And how Argentina managed that, I think, is an important piece to this game. For Argentina, they have that same they have that same thing, but in the case of Messi. Messi is their Messi is their Mbappe. And then I would say Alvarez is their Griezmann. He's the worker. Alvarez is telepathically connected to Messi. Once they got rid of Lauturo after the first game and sort of these second half moments, they figured out that it was Alvarez and Messi that were connected. The young with the old, the new with the with the old. And that connectivity and the running and pressing of Alvarez has allowed Messi to be in his sort of like rope-a-dope way that he plays where he doesn't move. He just stands still. He's where he is. And then once there is a sniff of activity, he comes to life and he's gone. Similar to the way Mbappe never really comes deep. But you can see that the Mbappe, Mbappe's lack of defensive responsibility, you can see we saw that with Morocco. Down Mbappe's side, they kept on attacking and attacking France and actually had good chances. This match is going to be close. I don't think there's a tremendous amount between these teams. What what France has in talent, Argentina has in spirit. There is a singular focus that has changed for Messi over the last eight years where he was, how come you're not winning this for us to we want to win this for you? And I think that's a big change in mentality for Argentina. There seems to have been a shift. Uh, he's now the old man. He he did some good stuff in 14, but that Copa America win against Brazil has really galvanized the country towards Messi. There's been a, I guess now that Maradona has passed away, there's been a shift of idolatry that has moved towards Messi. There's a respect. There's a kind of, oh my God, this is over. Uh, there's a kind of, this is our, I know the lexicon of the last dance is a little bit everywhere. And I hate to use an overworked, uh, an overworked Twitter joke, but it is Messi's literal last dance um, at the world cup. If he were to come back, he'd be 38 or 39. You know, he'd be an off the bench if he even wants to play anymore. So where Messi is in this process is, is the end and where France are is the end. I did listen to the uh, totally football show out of the athletic. They had a crossover with James Richardson and the TIFO guys and JJ bull uh, and John uh, gave a really good point. And one thing we should watch for with Argentina is do they play to nullify France or do they try and play to win for themselves? So I think, um, Karthik Krishnayer of the of World World Soccer Talk and Twitter mostly he um, he didn't like the English performance even though I did 
Uh, and he made a good point that England were so unbalanced to try and stop Mbappe. They did not leverage the strength of their own team to really attack and hurt France. Now, I thought England played well, but, you know, France were playing a goal up and, you know, they had a few chances, but could could France have really attacked the middle of the French defense? Like, there's no Conte. Attack that area. Tukameni is good. Rabio is good. But they're not, you know, they're, they're good players on Champions League squads, but they're not full-on difference makers. They don't hurt you, but they don't change your team the way Conte changes a team. And I think, you know, if we remember the 4-3 from the last World Cup, it was Conte who shut down Messi. And Conte's not there. And will will Argentina play to their own strength and do what they did versus Croatia and sort of be like, you know what? Fuck you guys. We're going to press you. We're taking the game to you. You know, I'm breaking up with you, uh, uh, France. Instead of worrying so much about Mbappe, see if you can play and when the moments come and when there isn't a moment of fear, you know, don't worry so much about Mbappe, but worry about your own game. Hurt France. Don't worry so much about them hurting you. Um, and I and I wonder if, if that can go on. Some notes uh, around the game, just some things to, to sort of keep in mind around this. Di Maria may be available for this quarterfinal. He hasn't been available since uh, the Netherlands game. I think it's an interesting idea whether he wants to come in or can come in and how Argentina want to play that. He's been out for a while. Uh, Alvarez and Messi have started in that 4-4-2, but could, could Scaloni go back to the 4-3-3 and try and match up with France? I'm not sure. Uh, and then Gonzalo Montiel and Acuna have served their suspensions. They both missed the last match. Taglifico will come out, and um, Molina should keep his place, but Acuna will come back in. Better on defense, less attacking than Tagliafico, but a better defender. I've been critical of him. I, I wonder if he can cross at all. And then we know about France. France is hit with the flu. We're not sure what's going on, how they'll be. But the five subs thing, maybe they'll play them and change things and whatever. Just some some other items. France have won nine of their last 10 matches, so they're good. France have not lost when they're ahead yet. So they've been winning at both full-time and, and half-time and full-time in five of their last seven. Argentina have scored two goals in their last five matches. Oh, pretty crazy. France have scored two in six of the last seven. Wow. And there have been two and a half goals allowed in Argentina's last three games with Argentina undefeated in their last five, obviously. <laughs> um Argentina and France are in the final four for the second time in a row. Uh, we have funny team. We've got a lot of head-to-head matchups. Messi and Mbappe go, both going for the golden ball. Both PSG teammates. They're going head-to-head. Um, both golden boot and golden ball. That's interesting to think about. We'll see how that goes uh, there. And again, we, we're going to see more of Yusuf Fofana and... Um, Konate because of the illnesses to Umbakamo Rabio. We'll see that. And we'll see where things are. This is a very cagey game where I don't know what's going to happen. I think it's a fascinating kind of place to be right now. Um, I think the top three for France 
in terms of players have been Mbappe, Griezmann, and Hernandez, while the top three for Argentina in terms of uh, best players have probably been Messi, Alvarez, and then McAllister from Brighton has been a revelation in just being in the right places, making the right passes, being that midfielder who does things. I've loved him at Brighton the whole time. I'm happy to see a Brightender, one of my Brighton boys, uh, you know, I got, had that. I had that with the Ecuadorian team, and now I have it again with our boys from uh, from um, Argentina. So that's cool. And then I think another player to keep an eye on is Enzo Fernandez. What a great pickup he's been! Just a destroyer. Scored that wonder goal earlier in the process. And then keep an eye on Leandro Paredes, who is a bit of a hothead, and we have to be careful. Uh, Paredes and DePaul. DePaul's like a version of Paredes who doesn't get into trouble, but Paredes almost got himself sent off. So we have to be careful there. And then uh, one other thing, and this is for Mike, you know, um, Loris has not made any mistakes really in this final yet. And I find it surprising. I would assume he's, you know, he's up for the game and he'll hang in there. But where is Loris? What's his story? Uh, does he have a mistake in him? Or is he stomped that out and everything's fine? Uh, I know Mike seems to think he's the greatest shot stopper of all time. I don't agree. Um, I think that goes to Allison, to be fair, even though he's not in the cup anymore. But we'll see what happens there. And then I do want to quickly touch on some of the storylines and narratives that we have here. I mean... This is a game that for Messi, it, he he wins. He's the greatest of all time. I think um, I don't think that that's up for debate. I mean, we'll always have Pele. He lives in black and white. He's got the the three World Cups. I don't think anyone can take that away from him. And he sort of lives as an icon of football and history. And then we have Maradona, who lives also frozen in time, who it has an argument. But I just don't see how Messi, when he's all said and done and he has 800 goals in Europe in a modern era, isn't considered the greatest once he has this cup. Uh, he'll be my greatest. Maybe it's a maybe it's a Jordan LeBron thing. Maybe it's a Jordan LeBron, uh, 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 Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It depends where you feel or where you want. He's the best player I've ever seen. So I don't think we'll see anything like Messi for a long time. Uh, you know, because I think the thing that's different was before Messi and Cristiano, players had these sort of five-year peaks. They'd come, they'd captivate us, they'd do have an amazing season that we'd never seen, they'd win a Ballon d'Or, and then they'd decline pretty quickly. And they'd out of the league, maybe they'd have a few 20-gale seasons. But to do it the way Cristiano and um, Messi have done, the consistency, the lack of injury for just 15 years straight. I mean, Messi has been arguably the best player in the world with Cristiano since, since like 2006, which is insane. And I don't think we'll see anything like that again unless unless they're inspiring the next person. But I think it it requires to be like a Messi or Cristiano it requires a mentality that I don't think modern sports endears. Like, you need real pain. You need real hard coaching. You need a maniacal 
desire to win that I don't think our modern understanding of being yelled at and cajoling and, you know, anxiety is going to allow you. Like, those guys probably don't feel well about themselves, about how much they want to win and how they want to play. And maybe when they're 14, they'll be on medication. You know what I mean? Like, can you get to those levels of madness that drive you to be better? Um, is that even there anymore in, in people? You know, I just saw a kid who um, got drafted by the Oklahoma City Thunder, and he he quit basketball as a professional because he had too much anxiety to play. And good for him, but that makes me wonder, is the next Messi or Ronaldo not even going to get to where he needs to go because playing made him too anxious to even play? So I, I wonder about these things. Is it better for that individual's life? Yes. Is it better for hyper-competitive, ultra, pop one-half percent of one percent to see the greatest of ever? No, because there's going to be a lack of drive. Or, or everything will change. I don't know. We're in a transitional period of time. so I just think it's... There's something interesting going on with mentality and thinking. Like, are we going to lose some of the madness that edge that that we need for greatness? I don't know. Uh, I, I listened to um, Hassan Minaj, the comedian, was on J.J. Reddick's podcast. Maybe I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. And he brought that up. Like, we want people to be like Kobe and Jordan and Cristiano. And those people give up everything. Friends, family, relationships, you know, any everything to win. And we laud them as the greats. But is that good? Is that guy winning in life? I don't know. I personally wouldn't want to be anything like Cristiano or... Kobe or Michael Jordan, just living with a bitter cynicism of having to be better than everyone all the time. It's got to be fucking exhausting. And I don't have that. Um, so I wonder if we're going to see that type of mentality. Maybe it has to change. Maybe, you know, it'll just go down to talent. I don't know, but it's interesting. Um, I think uh, so. My prediction I've predicted Argentina the whole way. I think it's going to be very close, and it's going to be 2-1 Argentina, Argentina with a late goal, or 1-1 to penalties. I don't know what's going to happen. I hope it's not penalties. Penalties suck. Uh, thank you for taking these 20 minutes. Uh, you can go now, because I'm going to talk about the uh, the dreaded third-place game in um, in the World Cup. So. Obviously, the World Cup is something that was founded in the 30s. It comes out of the Olympic tradition where there was a there was soccer in the Olympics and there were teams that were considered the greatest of all time world champions before the World Cup. They were the Olympic champions, but it was amateur, etc. And I believe it was Uruguay won in like 26 or whatever the fucking World Cup uh, Olympics was, maybe 21, something like that. But the Olympics has that notion of bronze of gold, silver, and bronze. 
and you have a gold medal game and the team that loses is the silver and then they the fourth place and the third place team play each other for the bronze medal the world cup carries that tradition forward so we are going to have tomorrow saturday morocco playing croatia this has traditionally been a very strange game uh these are teams that are both coming off major pains and major losses. Uh, We will get to see Morocco one more time. Uh, The crowd will be behind them if there's a crowd there. And then we should get one last look at Luka Modric and the Croatian generation that is going to have gone to a semifinal and a final from a country of 4 million. So these are two teams that have shown the power of determination the power of individual greatness in the teams like Croatia. And, you know, it, it is an interesting game. I will watch it tomorrow. But um, I, I wonder if we should get rid of it. I don't know what purpose it serves anymore. Um, I'm sure the players have a really hard time getting up for it. I'm sure the fans kind of feel like, oh, why am I at this game? Shouldn't I be at the final? So I am curious about it. I'll watch it. I'll definitely watch it. Uh, along with uh, watching some games from the championship. So just so everyone knows, other leagues have begun again. Uh, the British championship is is going. I watched uh, Reading play West Brom and Daryl DK yes, just today. And, and I've been keeping my eye on Burnley uh, under, under Vincent Company. But I'm just going to go right now. I'm clicking through to get a look at uh, some of the information from the Morocco-Croatia game. Uh, which comes on tomorrow, and then the the final is uh, on Saturday. Um, you know, Nergard is out, Sais is out, Stanisic is out. Um, you know, I'd expect I'd expect for Croatia there be a lot of changes. Um, you know, it's just not something we want to see. Uh, but I think I think you know teams will be very downbeat, and both having gotten beaten. You know, we'll see probably just something like something like a nil-nil draw, and maybe we'll see Perisic and Modric one last time. Kramaric will go one last time. Uh, I wouldn't expect to see Zayac or any of the players that lost uh, in their semifinals in this game. And, you know, maybe it'll be 3-2. Maybe it'll be nil-nil. I don't know. But just make sure we tune in for Sunday, the big game, and then – wait – so we'll tune in for Sunday. That's when the World Cup final is. But on Saturday, if you want to, there's a full slate of the championship, which is on ESPN. Uh, the game to pick out here, and I'm going to watch this game, is Burnley versus Middlesbrough. Uh, these are two top teams. Uh, I believe Chris Wilde is is in charge of Middlesbrough, and they're uh, they're they they are not playing well. So maybe Chris Wilde got fired. I'm not sure where Middlesbrough is. Oh, middle of the table. Um, but Burnley are flying. They're, they're top of the league. They've gone through 22 games in one of the toughest divisions you can play in. The championship is high-level football. Very enjoyable. Uh, so they're playing. They started playing last week. And then um, I'm going to be checking that out. Then the third-place game will be Saturday, and the World Cup final will be on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And then we'll come back with Mike on Monday to talk about the World Cup final. And then the Carabao Cup starts next week. And then it's Christmas. And then it's Boxing Day. The Premier League is back right away. All right, I'm out of here. 
That was the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast with not Mike Salerno and Laurent Cortines. We are the football wing of the Chop Sports Network. We record on Tuesdays and Fridays, so be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And if you're listening on Apple, please rate and review the show. Thank you so much for following our World Cup journey. We'll review it on Monday and speak to you. Later.